Hey guys, it's Jamie Scrimger here, second wife, stepmom of three, and mom of one. And you're listening to my podcast, where we talk about all things motherhood, stepmotherhood, and living a kick-ass life. If you're ready for raw and real conversations and are striving to live your very best life, then you are in the right place. Every week, I'll provide you with tips and strategies and mindset shifts to inspire you to live your own version of a kick-ass life. We'll bring you along as I create my own. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. So as much as I love talking about step parenting and providing support to stepmoms and blended families, something that you may or may not know about me is that what really lights me up, and this is especially true lately, is talking about entrepreneurship, growing online communities, online influence, and turning a passion into a business. Now, when I first became a stepmom, I honestly, oh God, I was so in over my head. I was craving community. I was craving tips and strategies. I just wanted to talk to someone who knew what I was going through. I was just, wow. Like I can never, I really don't think I'll ever be able to describe how I felt back then. And all of the support that I found on the internet, like nothing really resonated with me. So these feelings eventually led me to starting my blog about step parenting and then becoming a life coach and specializing in step family dynamics and creating a coaching practice, a podcast and a community. And now five years later, this platform is my job. I turned my need for community and my passion for helping other women and opening up the conversation about step family life into a business. And as much as I love talking about step parenting and blended family life, I also love talking about the process of entrepreneurship and how I grew this platform. So this week's episode is a little bit different. I am sitting down with Lauren McPhillips. She is the creator of This Renegade Love, and she helps women build honest online brands and to influence with intention. Now, I first stumbled across Lauren when she was a speaker at a conference I attended a couple of years ago, and I have been following her ever since. She is authentic. She is real. She is aspirational, and I know that you are going to love her. In this episode, Lauren and I dive into entrepreneurship, blogging as a career, the misconceptions about life as a blogger, how to grow an online community and influence with intention, and most importantly, why it's important for creatives and online entrepreneurs to be deliberate about how they consume social media. Lauren dives into why she takes social media detoxes and what it's done for her and her growth personally and professionally. And I chime in too, because I liked to delete Instagram off my phone every now and again too. Now, before we dive in, I do have an exciting announcement. Everyone knows that I provide one-on-one support and mentorship for stepmoms. But recently, after getting countless emails from creatives and entrepreneurs asking for tips on building an online brand and community, I have started to offer coaching calls and mentorship opportunities for entrepreneurs in the online space. So if you want me to dive into your online platform and help you monetize your passion, create digital products, diversify your income, increase your engagement, grow an online community, and position yourself as the expert in your online space, I am now 
offering my services. I put all the details up on my website at www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash biz mentorship. And I've linked that in the notes below the episode. So if you are ready to take things to the next level and are looking for some coaching and accountability in your business, be sure to check it out. Now let's dive into this week's episode. Lauren, welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. I know. You know what I was just thinking? The first time that I kind of found out about you was at the Tillier conference. You were one of the speakers. And I remember listening to you and being like, this is one cool chick. And I've been following along kind of ever since. And, you know, like we were just talking about stalking you in your DMs. I mean, like you need to come <laughs> on my podcast. So I'm so excited to finally chat with you today. I know me too. And it's been such a long time coming. So for all the listeners of Jamie's podcast, I just moved to Prince Edward County, which is, I basically moved from a city to like very, very rural Ontario. Um, and so I've been trying to organize this podcast and my internet is just a crying shame. So, um, I finally got high speed. (laughs) So this is the first time we've been able to record. I know it's amazing. And you know what? I can totally relate to that because when, before my husband and I got together, I lived in the city, uh, loved city life, like coffee shops, you know, be bopping around. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, we get together and I literally have a wheat field for a backyard. So I totally get the transition to rural life. (laughs) Oh, it's horrible. Like it's, it's wonderful. I love everything about it, but the internet is, it's a struggle. It's definitely a struggle. Yeah. The kids are always like, why is our internet so slow? I said, well, it's because our driveway is so long. (laughs) We live in the country. (laughs) Yeah. Anyway. So um, for those who are not familiar with you, give us, give us your elevator pitch. Like who is Lauren McPhillips? Oh gosh, that's weighted. Um, So I guess I could just talk about uh, like what my brand is because I just started talking about myself. That might be weird. Um, But um, I'm the founder of this renegade love, which is a lifestyle blog that I started back in 2015. And it really kind of centers around empowering women to build like honest online brands and the, you know, really authentic lives and teaching them to influence with intention, which is something that I'm really passionate about. Um, I've worked on kind of all sides of influencer marketing and blogging and content creation. So um, I'm really passionate about people telling their stories in a really authentic way that's um, really true to who they are. And I also run a series of mastermind groups for women entrepreneurs called the Renegade Sessions. I'm just getting ready to launch um, the third round of those. Uh, And I'll be rolling out a number of courses and resources for content creators later this year and into 2020 that uh, focus around that idea of influencing with intention as well. Yeah, that's just amazing. So what did you do before you were doing this Renegade Love full time? Um, I was actually, I was working in PR uh, before that. And so I started my career in magazine editorial. I was working at Style at Home magazine and I was a senior print editor there and I was a web editor as well. And that's where I kind of fell in love with creating content and, and also just web content and being able to engage with people in real time. That was really exciting to me. And, you know, Twitter was like just coming out. Instagram wasn't out at the time. Um, I helped launch that for them when Instagram did come out. So it was just a really exciting time. Everything was really new. Uh, And then from there, I moved on to working in PR and I worked in PR and brand partnerships for a travel company called Contiki. 
And I did that in Toronto and then for their global team based in the UK. And then had a little bit of a (laughs) breakdown when I turned 30. I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. And I quit my job. I left my career behind and I started a blog, which is a little crazy when I think back about it. Yeah, but, you know, here's the thing. What I think is so cool about the time we live in right now, you can do anything. You can make a job out of anything. And blogging is, you know, it can be a very lucrative career. It, this, You can do whatever you want in the online space. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that um, having worked on the other side of it, like I was the PR and brand partnerships manager. So I was working with these big YouTubers and taking them on trips and, and helping them to like create content around our brand. So we kind of got into that space like Kentucky did from a very early point. And so I understood the business side of it and how that worked. And so when I was looking at creating this renegade love, I was like, I think I can do this. And, you know, I know it'll take a little bit to actually make money, but I think I'd like to try. And I know that really at the heart of it is creating good content and creating community. And from there, that's when the brand partnerships uh, might come about. So I gave myself a two years, but things started happening within the first year or so. Things just kind of took off from there. Yeah. And you know, that it, you just said it's all about community and the brand partnerships come from there. I have mm-hmm. people reach out to me all the time. How do you work with brands? Like, how do you get on brands radar? I'm like, you know what? Just keep doing you. Keep creating the content. And brands do just come. If you are creating right. good content, you will have, you know, you, you can absolutely reach out to brands. And that's definitely a strategy that works. But it really comes back to creating content that serves people, that provides them with value. Mm-hmm. And the rest really can fall into place from there. That should be your focus. Yeah. And you never want to get into it thinking, oh, I, I want to become a blogger because I want to make money and I want to build brand partnerships. That That's supplementary. That comes after the fact. The focus should always be on serving a community of people that are there for you and that show up every day and, and creating a loyal community around your brand. And that was really a focus for me. And I think that's really integral to why my brand grew the way that it did and, and really the brands that I've been able to work with because of that. Um, that all kind of came from a focus on community and really good content. Mm -hmm. Love it. So if you had someone reach out to you, which I'm sure you do all the time, and I I Mm -hmm. get it as well. You know, I have this idea, I want to start a blog or an online platform, but I don't even know where to start. What would your advice be to them? I think first, it's to kind of just take a step back and understand why you want to do it. I mean, like I said, if you're thinking, I want to be a blogger, because you know, this is, you know, anyone can do it. And you can really make a lot of money if you grow a big audience and you're working with brands and all this kind of stuff, that's, it's just not a good reason to get into it. And it's not going to be sustainable and you're not going to build the community that you want. It's just, it's just not going to work. So really step back and understand why you want to do it. And from there, take the time to actually create a brand identity, figure out what makes you different. And that's kind of what I love about your brand is that you're like, I'm a stepmom here's the crap that I deal with. And like the day to day of being a stepmom. this is so true to my life. And this is what I want to talk about. And I know there's going to be people out there that can relate to that. And so I think spending that time to think of like who you are, what you have to say, what your brand values are, it's also going to help you just in the long run, um, to create content, to really stand out and not to get stuck in thinking that you have to do what other people are doing. 
And then from there, just do it. Like, don't overthink it. It's not going to be perfect. Um, it will evolve and just get a platform, whether it's Squarespace or WordPress or whatever it is, choose one, get your domain, buy a template, customize it. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just do it and just get your stuff out there and start growing that community. Um, and things are just going to change over time and you're just going to become better and more comfortable the more that you do it. Yeah, you really do have to just put yourself out there. And I love what mm -hmm. you just said about don't worry about what other people are doing. And mm -hmm. I feel like, and I think we've all got in that space at some point in time, you're looking at other people's content, you're looking at their oh God, photos yeah. <laughs> and you're kind of feeling like you're not measuring up and you're almost trying to kind of replicate what they're doing. Mm -hmm. That is the shit that really holds you back in the long run because you aren't them. You know, like yeah. I remember looking at like Jillian Harris's website when I first started being like, oh my gosh, you know, this inspires yeah. me and this inspires me. I don't like decor. I don't <laughs> like, I, there's nothing about me that is the same of, like, as Jillian Harris. So why am I looking at her content being like, oh, this should inspire me or I should do it like this. It's like, no, find your own voice and mm -hmm. your own message. And what can you bring to your community. And when you focus on that, what makes you different, that's when it comes. Exactly. And it's so funny that you say that because I think everyone falls into that trap at some point. Like they see someone who's doing maybe what you want to be doing and you're like, oh, this works for them. And an example for me is like Jenna Kutcher. And I was like, okay, like she's kind of doing like uh, the courses that I want to be doing and that kind of thing. And I was listening to her podcast and all of this. And then I stepped back one day and I'm like, but I don't, <laughs> this is not me at all. I curse. I'm like so upfront. I'm so blunt about things. And it's just, we are such different types of people that I'm like, why am I trying to be Jenna Kutcher when it's someone who I am not at all? I'm like the antithesis to Jenna Kutcher. Um, and so, so I think it's really important to, to understand that. And the reason that things work for her is because that's who she is. But if I tried to do what she did, it just wouldn't work. It would fall flat because it's just not authentic to me at all. Yeah. You know, I honestly, so when I put out content, there's not a lot of stepmom bloggers. There mm -hmm. are a couple of people who I know within two weeks will have a very similar blog post or mm -hmm. a fairly similar post. Yeah. And I watch it happen. And, you know, for, at first you're kind of like, why are you copying? Or, and, uh, but you get where they're coming from and you get what they're trying to do. But I want to even just reach out and say, what, what makes your take on step parenting different than mine? Because when you're trying mm -hmm. to talk the way I'm talking, it's not you. That's not yeah. your style, right? And that's what I love about you. Like you are no bullshit. You are like straight to the point, like very raw and real. And when you were talking about comparing yourself to Jenna Kutcher, I'm like, no, because the people <laughs> who want to work with Jenna Kutcher are not the type of people not who want to work with you. They're not your people. Exactly. Exactly. And, and that was a huge like learning point for me. And since then I've just been like, okay, like when I've, you know, been thinking about what course I want to put together, the podcast, I want to do all these kinds of things. I just, I step away. And that's kind of when I take breaks from social media and I just, I step away from it and I take time to go for walks and get inside my own head to be able to think about who I am and do personal development exercises and all those kinds of things to stay in touch with who I am, what I believe in and what I have to offer the world. Yeah. Space is so key for creatives. And mm -hmm. the thing is, is when you're working for yourself, 
People think that's all this flexibility and all of that. And it is right. However, we don't leave our job. We don't like our blog is our life or our platform yeah. is our life. So you're constantly thinking about all the things that you should be doing. Every time you log on, you're looking at things other people are doing. Like everyone's successes are, you know, right there in your face. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, no, not a couple weeks. It was like two months ago. My anxiety was at like it was I couldn't even, it was debilitating. Like I Mm -hmm. could not believe how much anxiety I had. And a lot of it came from the pressure I was putting on myself to just keep working and keep working. And I wasn't taking, like someone called me out. They're like, when are you taking space? When Mm -hmm. are you just doing nothing? And I started to do that. And that's when the ideas come. Like that's when things really take off. And you're actually more productive when you're working less because you're not spinning your tires. Yes. It's like the taking breaks from social media or taking a step back from consuming other people's content or just constantly feeling like you have to show up all the time. It is, that is when the magic happens. It's, you know, going, connecting with other people. That's when people are always like, you know, where do your, like, where do you get your ideas from? Well, it's not from other bloggers and it's not from, uh, going online and and consuming other people's content. It's from the real life interactions that I have or the moments of quiet that I allow my mind to just drift and, and think about the things that I'm interested in. It's definitely like those moments where I'm by myself and I actually take the time away to connect with myself and my thoughts. That's where all of my big ideas come from. Yeah. And do you find you're, when you decide you're going to take some space away from work, then you get those ideas and you're like writing them in the notes section of your phone. Like I wrote so many blog posts in the grocery store parking lot because the ideas just come when you're just living life. Yes. And basically I'll just like, my thing is like not writing it out, but I'll do voice like voice memos or I'll do voice notes because I need to hear myself talking it out. And then I just start rambling and (laughs) I look back at them and half of the words are wrong. But yeah, it's, it's those moments where you take a step back that you have clarity on understanding that you're not being influenced by someone else. Um, and you're being inspired actually by yourself and you're looking internally for inspiration rather than externally. Mm-hmm. And those women, the good posts come out. Yes. Now, what do you think is the biggest misconception about entrepreneurship and blogging for a living? I think what you said <laughs> about the flexibility. Um, I mean, I think people look at it and they're like, oh, it's so glamorous and, and all that kind of stuff. And it really is kind of a double-edged sword, I guess, um, because no one, you are the person that is pushing everything people kind of show this curated version of it, but that's really why I wanted to start this renegade love in the first place. I wanted to show showcase like the real and raw side of entrepreneurship and working for yourself um, and the struggles that people go through. And it can be, it is so rewarding, but it also is a lot of work. And I think that a lot of people do think it's glamorous, but it's important to note that when you do this, you are probably the one wearing all the hats. Like I have no team of people. I outsource some things uh, when I can, but for the most part, it's like you have to do all the marketing, you have to do the sales, you have to do negotiating with brands, you pump out all the content, you do all this. It's a lot of work and it's a lot of learning different skills and trying things out and spending time on, you know, things that are going to fail. Um, and it is, like I said, worth it in the long run, but it's a lot of work. And like you said, like your brain 
never shuts off. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everything I do, even when I take a break, I could see something and I'm like, oh, that would be great for this renegade love. Like you're constantly, it becomes your life and in a positive way. And I think that, um, you just need to manage that. Like you need to manage like taking the break and the balance and all of that, but it is all consuming. Yeah. You know, even this past weekend, I I just like, you know, I'm shutting off social media. Like I'm getting Instagram Mm -hmm. off my phone. I need a break. And part of me felt guilty about that, but most people don't work on the weekends. You know what I mean? Like, and I know it's social media. That's where it's kind of like that cross between personal and professional for us, but why do I feel like if I'm not showing up online, I'm going to disappoint my community? You know, it's okay. Mm-hmm. I can still inspire people and show up and do all the things I'm doing without being on all the time. But the brain, I just, it, my girlfriend said to me, she's like, you don't stop thinking. I can just see it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it's true. It's just, you, you can't, it's really, really tricky to turn it off. Yeah. And I think my husband tells me all the time, he's like, you know, people like, if you don't show up for four days, like people are going to (laughs) survive. You're not even cares. (laughs) Exactly. Like, okay. Like don't big up yourself that much that you feel like you need to be there for other people. And like, it's so true. Like it's so true that people aren't like what's happening with Lauren, you know, is she okay? People have their own lives. They're dealing with their own shit. They are not thinking about me. And so when I take a break, it's, it's necessary. And the world doesn't end. And you're also not going to lose followers. Like if anything, I gain followers and I don't know how, but maybe it's because I'm not showing. Sure. You know, it's really funny. <laughs> Sometimes I notice when I lose followers, it's if I'm doing a story or whatever. And I'm like, oh, maybe people just don't like listening to my voice or see my face. <laughs> and that's what turns them off. But yeah, so I, I think we need to kind of step away from the idea that uh, our value is rooted in our visibility, uh, because that's just not the case. And, and that's been a big learning thing for me in the past year, I'd say. Yeah. And you know, there's this pressure to, you know, you need to post every day or you should post three times a day or whatever the rule from whatever expert you are reading Mm -hmm. this week. And I think it's such bullshit. I would Mm -hmm. much rather people who I follow post something of value for me than just posting for the sake of posting. Yes, I I completely agree. And I actually posted something yesterday um, about that. And it's that idea that it's not how often you're showing up, but that it's when you do show up that you have something of value to say. Because if you're just showing up and and posting like filler content or whatever, people aren't going to be paying attention to you. They're not going to click that read more um, on your caption or anything. But if you are showing up when you do have something of value to say and something that's serving your community, people are going to be interested in that and they're going to engage so much more and they're not just going to scroll past you when they see you in the feed. Mm-hmm. One of my big things is, you know, when I'm talking to people and they're like, how do I increase my engagement? How do I, you know, grow my following? I'm like, what are people getting from following you? And a lot of bloggers mm-hmm. I find are just posting things about nothing And what is the point? What is the point of your post? What do you want your followers to feel? What do you want them to get from consuming your content? Because everyone, we're just, there's so much content coming at Mm -hmm. us all day. Like, why are they, why do they need to go to your feed versus someone else's? And I think people forget that. Yeah, absolutely. And it's so true. There is, there's, it is, such an over, especially Instagram, so oversaturated. There's so much content out there. And yeah, I think it's, 
exactly what you said. It's like, what are they getting from it? What's the takeaway for them? And that's, I think, comes back to really being intentional about what you're doing online and, and what your brand means and, and what you want it to mean and what your tone of voice is and all these kind of things is really thinking about who you are and what your brand represents um, and being intentional with that and purposeful with it um, and showing up when you have something of value to say. And when I do create my posts, I'm that's all I'm thinking is what is the takeaway? How is someone going to feel when they read this post? Are they going to emotionally connect with it? Is it teaching them something that they didn't know before? And that's something that that is the process I go through, whether it's my own content or whether it's I'm considering working with a brand. So uh, I think it's it's really important to take that time to be considerate with what you're putting out online and not feel that pressure to post every single day. Mm -hmm. Now, do you feel like the space of brand partnerships is changing right now? Because I just feel like I feel like sponsored posts often and this is not all the time feel mm -hmm. a little gross like people have to you know if someone's recommending a product now on Instagram they're like this isn't sponsored I just want to tell you guys this because I love oh, it and I'm yeah, thinking in my that. head well if it was sponsored does that mean that you actually don't recommend it you're just doing it because you're getting some money out of it yeah I I hate that too and I understand why people do it um because they want to be like hey I'm just sharing this just because but it also, it also makes the idea of sponsored content just, it just furthers that idea that it's kind of like this gross thing and it's an advertisement and whatever, and you're being paid to do it. I do think I'm actually working when I relaunch my website on doing consulting with brands, because I think it needs to come from both sides. Um, when it comes down to authenticity, I think, you know, bloggers need to be really, really selective with who they work with and, for me, I'm so picky, like I'm so picky about who I work with. And there needs to be exactly what I said, that takeaway for my audience and for my community. I'm not just going, I'm not an advertisement. And I think that when you get down to this part of the marketing funnel for brands, uh, you can't think of it as advertising. It is something completely different when you're working with um, an influencer or a blogger. Mm -hmm. And so I really want to work on it, having worked on the brand side of things and having this kind of unique perspective where I've worked on all sides, sides of the coin is that, you know, helping them create better influencer strategies, helping them to understand that you actually want the influencer and the blogger to be part of the campaign process. Like the thing I hate is when a brand comes to me and they're like, Hey, we have this whole concept and blah, blah, blah. And we need you to do this and this and this. And I'm like, well, where does my story come into that? How mm -hmm. am I making this unique to me? Whereas brands should be saying, Hey, like we have this new product or service. What story do you think you can tell? Is this something that you think you can weave in and having them be more flexible rather than be so stringent um, with every single blogger. Because a lot of them are like, hey, this is the campaign idea, and it's the exact same across every influencer they work with. And that's just not authentic at all. And that's where it starts to feel like an ad. Yeah, absolutely. It, yeah, the whole, the whole sponsorship thing right now for me is just feeling... I don't know the whole, I think there, there just definitely needs to be a change because mm -hmm. in, and even, you know, people who are following people on Instagram, they're not engaging in these posts anymore because people are over it. They're over yeah. it because they feel like they're just getting, you know, inundated with all of these sponsored posts that they're not even really sure if the blogger is actually behind the product or not. Yeah. And I think, yeah, people are definitely feeling it's exactly that influencer fatigue. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And that's kind of what I always say to bloggers. I'm like, if people don't know what you stand for outside of your sponsored content, then you're not influencing anyone. People need Mm -hmm. to understand what you believe in, uh, what you stand for, so that when they do see sponsored content, they're like, okay, yeah, this is something that Lauren would talk to her friend about or talk to her family about. Like, this doesn't stick out like a sore thumb to me. Yes. So, so good. Now, if you have people who are looking to increase their following on Instagram and just increase their engagement, because the algorithm is a bit of a bitch these days, um, what are your tips? I think when it comes to increasing, people are always like, how do I get more followers? How do I get my more followers? And it really is hard these days. Like, I feel like the algorithm, like there's no like real strategy for like how to get a thousand followers overnight. Um, and I cringe when I see like gurus selling courses, like these social media gurus selling courses on that kind of thing, because there is no guarantee and everyone is different. And there's so many variables, like literally someone could just be good looking (laughs) and that's how they become popular on Instagram. But when it comes to increasing your following in a really organic way, I would say one of the big things is to think about creating shareable content because when you create content that people are like, Hey, I want to post repost this to my Instagram stories, or I want to share this with my friends. That's when people find out about you and people that are really interested in your niche and what you have to say. So whether it's doing a post and saying like, Hey, here are my five tips for this and this and this, or like some of my most shared posts are the ones that are uh, like the quotes and stuff like that. Um, but within the caption, I also have a lot to say on it. And sometimes those get shared. Like the, uh, the other day, it got shared like 450 times on people's Instagram stories and it reaches completely new audiences. So I would say, think about creating shareable content rather than just posting pretty pictures. Like think about what people are going to pass on to their followers and their friends. Um, mm-hmm. and also leverage like-minded audiences. So maybe think about doing a Instagram live with someone else, who you know, has a similar audience to you, or they, uh, they talk about a, a similar topic to you and people who have audiences and communities that would also be interested in your content. So doing a dual Instagram live where they're kind of promoting on their channels. Um, and that's a really good way to, again, just increase your following, but bringing in those people that are actually going to be interested in your content rather than just thinking, I want any followers. I want any new followers. You really want to focus on the quality rather than the quantity. Yeah. Because you want people who are going to engage in your content. You want to build a community. Like if you have a hundred thousand followers, but no one's commenting, well then you might as well not even have them. You know, it's not, it's not doing anyone any good. Yeah, exactly. Right. So, okay. Let's talk social media detox because you have done a few of them. I've seen you talking about it on your Instagram. You actually inspired me last year to do a detox. I think I did it around Christmas was my first one. What what inspired you to, to A, do these and B, start talking about it? Yeah, I... I actually, the kind of first idea or first time that I kind of thought about taking an extended break was this woman, her handle is made by canopy. Her name's Sarah. I can't remember her last name, but she, I, someone had recommended her and I saw that she took quarterly Instagram breaks and she would just put up a post and say, Hey, I'm not going to be on Instagram. See you later. I'm going to be off for like a week or two weeks, whatever it was. And I thought that's really interesting. And she had a great brand, clearly was still, you know, super busy. She's a graphic designer. 
And I thought that's really interesting. She's still getting clients. She's still running a business, but she takes time away from Instagram. And so I thought, Hey, is this something that I could do? Because you know, working when you're working with brands and most of your, uh, your income is coming through brand partnerships and having to post. Sometimes it's hard to be able to take those breaks. Cause you're like, Oh God, I have to post this like branded post today. So what I did, it was right before Christmas. And I was like, you know what, I'm actually going to set a cutoff date for brand partnerships. I had a certain amount coming in and I'm like, okay, I'm not taking on anymore. And I want them to be done by the 15th. And so I managed that expectation with the partners that I was working with. And uh, I made sure that I had two weeks and I took them off and it was, I don't want to say be dramatic, but it was life-changing. It was amazing how I felt and also how I felt coming back. And how I just felt immediately overwhelmed. As soon as I logged back in after the two weeks, I was just like inundated. Um, and I started to feel that anxiety and I actually logged off immediately after. And so I went into it slowly again. But since then I have been taking them. I took one a couple of weeks ago. Um, I took a couple of weeks off and I'll probably do another one um, coming up because I find that they're really beneficial. Um, either when I, I'm dealing with anxiety or comparison, like syndrome and all that kind of stuff, or when I have to work on a big project and I really need to focus on me. So, um, I like, I highly recommend them to anyone. They're so, so good. And it's all about managing expectations. Cause a lot of bloggers will be like, Oh, I wish I could do this. How do you do this? Well, you can do it <laughs> because yeah. if you're, if you're self-employed, like that's, that's the beauty of it is that you have the option to do this. Mm -hmm. And I think we have this pressure where we feel like we need to show up and document our life and mm -hmm. you know, provide this to their community. And it's we do like, you know, it is part of the game, but you can take those breaks. Like when I took first of all, my husband did not believe that I was going to be able to do it. He's like, there's no way, yeah. <laughs> no way you're going to be able to do this. So I think I took two weeks off last Christmas mm -hmm. into January. It was actually it was after Christmas. It was into January. I took the first two weeks of January off. And I did not want to come back. Yeah, I wasn't, that's how I felt. Yeah, it wasn't like I was jonesing to add the app back to my phone. Mm -hmm. I kind of felt overwhelmed thinking like, wow, I just don't know if I want to go back into that space. And that doesn't mean that I don't love the space and I don't love the connections I've made with so many women. But I just think that the noise can play such a role in your anxiety, in your productivity, and mm -hmm. just your headspace in general. And you know, I've really tried to, I've really tried to kind of be more deliberate about how I consume social media now and paying mm -hmm. attention to how I feel. Like if you're scrolling through and you are feeling like, oh, you're not a good mom because all the other moms are doing all these things at the pumpkin patches and the apple farms. Yeah. You're not a great entrepreneur because you're not sitting on a beach with a laptop, which by the way, like the thing about the beach and the laptop, like you can't even see your screen, but you yeah. look at everyone <laughs> doing all of this. Wi-Fi. Yeah. yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, but you're looking at everyone's highlight reel and feeling like you're not measuring up. I've really started to pay attention to that and just like pull back, right? If I'm in that space social media is not where you need to be. Yeah. And I think that's also probably, um, for you, cause it's the same for me is that because you took that break, that extended break, that now you're able to recognize when you need the break and you're able to recognize like, Hey, I'm feeling overwhelmed. Hey, it's time for me to step back because the overwhelm is coming from this space that, that I'm in. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And I think literally like the benefits to taking time off, because it's different forever. Some people might not feel anxious about, about stuff, but I think even just taking a step back, if you're someone whose work is online, whether you're a blogger or just like a content creator, a photographer, whatever it is, is it gives you a creative recharge because you're not influenced by anyone else's perspective. Um, but it also gives you like a better life perspective. It, it reminds you that like that is an app and it's not the real world and you have a life outside of that as well. And you have responsibilities and family and it reminds you that you need to have that balance to be able to function and, and to, in order to be sustainable and to have a sustainable online brand. Mm-hmm. Lisa Canning. So she is an author of the book, the possibility mom. She, no. I don't, Yeah, I don't know the exact quote, but in her book, she basically says, you know, at this point, you know, other women are letting their life is passing them by while they're just sitting online watching everyone else's Mm -hmm. lives. You know, it can be such a rabbit hole going through, you know, Insta stories, watching everyone's day. And how much more shit could you actually be getting done? Or what better headspace could you be in? Like, how many hours are you spending on Instagram? And I know I've put on that clock, uh, you know, that timer on your Instagram Mm -hmm. um, or your social media time. I took it off. I was like, I don't want to know about that anymore. But it was very eye opening how often we just are picking up our phone and looking at other people's lives and playing the comparison game. And it's it's just it's a waste. It totally is. And it's funny because whenever I do take breaks, I always say to people, there's going to be about three days where it's like the weaning off period. And during those three days, you'll just still mindlessly pick up your phone, try to go to the app, and then you're met with a login screen or if you've taken the app off your phone, whatever, and you're reminded. But there will still be for like three days where you are just constantly grabbing for it or thinking, I wonder what this person's doing. I'm going to check Instagram. Um, Or those moments of quiet where you're not yet comfortable sitting in your own thoughts. And it happens to everyone. It still happens when I take breaks. It's, it's three kind of like those three days. And really that whole thing of consuming other people's lives and, and consuming other people's content and creativity, it's all subconscious. Like we don't actually realize it's happening until we take those breaks. And we're like, holy shit. Like I feel so much better. <laughs> I have so much more perspective on, on who I am. I feel so much more centered to my own creativity and I have so many more ideas that I wouldn't have had had I just been consuming other people's lives and thinking I need to be exactly like them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it is. I could go on about it forever because I'm so <laughs> yeah. passionate about these breaks now. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, if you are a creative, even if you're not a creative, even if you're not an entrepreneur, take a break from the gram, delete it off your phone for a period of time. You, it will feel so freaking good. Yeah. Now, the other thing I wanted to touch base with you about is do you have boundaries with mm-hmm. your social media use, like throughout the day, like if you're, you know, back, you're back off your detox, do you have any rules that you've set for yourself in terms of your consumption and how often you're on your phone? Yeah, I, I kind of, I try to only check at certain times of the day. So, um, and I'll also leave my phone. If I'm working on something, I leave my phone in another room so that again, I'm not grabbing for it mindlessly. And then just going into like a, like 15 minute downward spiral of watching mm-hmm. people's stories so I leave it in another room. I just, you know, try not to think about it. Um, and after a while you don't, uh, I don't have any notifications and I haven't had them for like two years. So like, I don't even have badges, not even for email, nothing, everything that could be a distraction on my phone, except for, I get like texts and, and phone calls. Um, 
but nothing has badges or notifications. I have to go in like the little thing saying how many messages you have or whatever it is. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Like that little number that's on the app. I have to go into each app, um, to actually see the updates. And then the other thing I do, which I find really helpful is I, I log out at night. Um, so that when I wake up in the morning, I'm met by the login screen and I'm not going to immediately start my day by scrolling through Instagram and again, consuming other people's content before I've had a chance to write in my journal and think about how I want my day to go and, and have thoughts of gratitude. So I think that's really helpful. As soon as you're met by that login screen, it's like that reminder, like, oh yes, I logged out for a reason and I'm only going to log back in when I'm ready. Mm -hmm. And I try to not go on, well, and I, I fail often, but Mm -hmm. my goal every day is to not go on social media or email until after the kids are at school, after I've done my morning routine, after I've created Mm -hmm. some stuff. Like I actually took email right off my phone too, because. Oh, wow. That's good. Well, I don't know about you, but no, there's no emergencies. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like I'm not a doctor. Like yeah. I'm not someone who needs to deal with something immediately. And mm-hmm. for some reason I found myself just constantly like checking my email or responding to emails right away. Or, you know, I'm out somewhere and I'm like, Oh, I need to respond to this email. No, I yeah. don't. Like, why do we feel like we need to respond to everything so immediately too? So I've taken that off my phone and that has been a big game changer for me too. Just being very deliberate about even when I'm checking in on my email, like you don't need to be there all all the time. That's such a good point. And I actually, so there's um, a plugin with Gmail that I have um, where you can just pause your inbox and you can set like, I need this to unpause at whatever time. So I do that as well. If I'm like, Hey, I need to be like working on something today. I don't want to be distracted by an email coming in. Um, I just, I pause my inbox and it won't come through until like the end time hits. Um, so I find that really beneficial, but I also want to tell you about a book that I read called deep work by Cal Newport. And it's excellent. The first little bit of it is like a little heavy. He's a computer scientist, I think, but he studies how, like how we work and the distractions that we have in our lives and how most people, um, who, especially who work in offices who are being pulled into meetings or they're constantly on email, they're not actually working. They're working at like 30% capacity and their entire job is just replying to other people's messages and how email has created this sense of urgency and how we're not actually able to do deep thinking, cognitive work unless we remove ourselves from email and from social media and all those kind of things. It's super fascinating. I think you'd be really into this book. Yeah, no, I'm going to check it out because I do feel like, especially in entrepreneurship, it's, you know, you're like squirrel, squirrel, squirrel. Like you can be like (laughs) going to like so many different directions and you never get anything done. Like you've done a lot of things half-assed. I am an early bird. So I'm up at five in the morning uh, and that's when I do actually most of my work. I work from like five till, you know, about seven 30 when the kids get up and, and all of that, just cause that's basically what I was forced to do. Yeah. Because I'm not distracted and I'm not on social media and I'm not really checking emails. I get so much shit done in that two mm-hmm. and a half hour period. It's almost like I've worked a day. Yeah. That's how I feel too. And it, it's like, and even just moving out to, to the country, um, people are like, how is it? Like, do you get like lonely? I'm like, no, I love it. Cause when I was living in the city, it was like chaos everywhere. Even just looking out, like I'd be working at my desk, I look out the window and I just see the streetcar go by or I see people walking by. 
And it was just, everything was a distraction. And living out here, it's like that nice, quiet. I don't feel like I need to be on all the time. I don't feel like I need to be at every event or showing up like online constantly. I, it's just like a sense of peace in just working on my own stuff. And also the thing with Instagram is that we're constantly just like pumping out content, but you also need the time to create the content. And the best time to create that content is when you've stepped away from those distractions and exactly what you're saying, like those two and a half hours in the morning when you're just by yourself and you can be in your own thoughts and just let your mind go. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm all about cutting the fat and cutting the distractions and taking more space these days. So this is so aligned with everything, every, just exactly where I'm at right now. So Mm -hmm. thank you for this. And, you know, I know that there's a lot of people who follow along who are really interested in the entrepreneurship piece. And so this conversation I think is invaluable for them. So thank you so much for coming on Lauren. No worries. Thanks for having me. This was great. I could talk about this stuff all day. I know (laughs) me too. So I'm going to link all things, this renegade love, all the information about your, uh, the, the renegade sessions and your Instagram and everything in the show notes for everyone. So I am sure they will be popping over to say hi. Awesome. Thank you so much, Jamie. Okay guys, if you like this podcast, please do me a little favor. Take a second and subscribe on iTunes and then screenshot this podcast, give it a share in social media and tell your friends what you think. And hey, don't forget to tag me so that I can thank you for helping me spread the word. Thanks so much. And I will talk to you next week.